We begin today's shear at the beginning of the new parak on Dafayin, in the middle of the page, parak Orel, the eighth parak of Yavomis. The name Heorel is one who is uncircumcised. The topic heading that we have on the side it reads uh, under the No Say, the topic heading Kohanim Asurim Bachilas Truma. The Mishnah features different situations where a Kohen is prohibited from eating Truma. So the Mishnah Heorel, a Kohen who is uncircumcised. Rashi points out <coughs> this is a case where. A Kohen had uh, two brothers that were circumcised and they died as a result of the circumcision. The third brother uh, is not to be circumcised. The, actually, the numbers aren't mentioned here. There happens to be a machlokes tanoim, whether it's after two brothers or after three. Rebbe holds two, Rebbe Shemuel holds three. The issue concerning how many times uh, is it necessary for something to repeat itself in order for a chazoka to be established? Let's continue in the Mishnah. So we mentioned the Orel, the whole Hatmeim, people who are ritually defiled, Lo Yochlu Betruma. They cannot eat of Truma. Even though they're Kohanim, they can't eat of Truma. Nesheim Vavdeim Yochlu Betruma. Their wives and their servants. They, f- they are able to eat Truma in his merit. <coughs> the Pasuk says, <coughs> a Kohen who acquires, uh, it could be the acquisition that we refer to as marriage, or the acquisition as is the case in slavery. <coughs> These are Kohanim who experienced a, we'll call it an injury, in the area of their re- of their male reproductive organs, they are a psuadakin uh, They are limited in in whom they can marry. They cannot marry uh, standard uh, standard pedigree um, Jewish women. Nevertheless, that uh, limitation does not restrict doesn't restrict isn't the cause of their being restricted from truma. They and their servants can eat. Now, their wives, which these are women that were married to these people before the injury occurred. So they started eating in the merit of their husbands. But the women uh, who remained with these Tzuadaka uh, husbands, once he becomes a Tzuadaka, or <coughs> their wives are no longer to eat. In fact, they they become rendered unfit to the kuna. They become halolus uh, at the point at, at the point that they have intimacy after the injury sets in. So the Mishnah says, The word yada is a word referring to intimacy. If he did not have intimacy with his wife. Yet he didn't have intimacy with her. He's not supposed to have intimacy with her. But if if, if he does, so the Mishnah said she loses her rights to eat truma. She becomes uh, disqualified from the realm of kahuna. She becomes a halola. However, until the actual act of intimacy takes place by the mere fact that they are technically still married, so the Mishnah says Hare elu yochlu. The women folk, the wives. The wives of these kohanim are allowed to eat. The uh, eat means eat truma. Viezo psuadaka. What does psuadaka mean? Kol shenitzu habetsim shalov afilu achas mehen. If the the term betsim here is a reference to the male organ of reproduction, the testicles, and one of them, even if one of them uh, is injured, nitzu injured or crushed. Uh, that renders him unfit. Ukrus shavcha. What is that a reference to? Kol shenichras hagid. Any situation where the male organ itself uh, is cut off. Ve'im nishtayer me'atorah v'afilu kechut hasayro kosher. If there remains the uppermost, or the, we'll say the endmost part of the male organ, we call the brismila. The if the end of it remains, even a 
a hair's breadth of it remains, uh, then uh, he's still kosher. In other words, in a situation like that, the extremity of it was cut off, but if from the uh, Torah literally is the crown, it's the end section of flesh of that particular organ, if even a chut hasaira, a hair's breadth, remains, so he is still kosher. Uh, the, the thinking being that he's still capable of engaging in procreation if just the end flesh uh, end fleshy part was cut off assuming a kechutasaira remains but below that fleshy part towards the body if it's cut off so that is a krus shavcha the Gemara Tanya maybe we should just glance at the side under our no say the topic ending we read Mokor a source de Orel Kohen Osir Betruma we'll see in this discussion the source that indicates that they are uh, an oral uncircumcised coin is restricted from truma consumption we'll see the opinions of Rabbi, Elie- Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva Tanya Oma Rabbi Eliezer from where do we know that an oral is restricted from truma consumption the terms Toshav and Sochir appear in the case of a Korban Pesach where the Pesach says Toshav v'Sochir lo yochalbo v'Nemar Toshav v'Sochir b'Truma and the same expression Toshav v'Sochir applies <coughs> or appears by Truma we are not translating these words yet we'll wait for the Gemara Ma Toshav v'Sochir Omur b'Pesach Oril Osirbo just like in the case of the Korban Pesach we know that an uncircumcised person is restricted and that is based on psukim that appear explicitly in the case of a korban Pesach so so too the same expression appear in the case of Truma it is understood that Orel Osirbo just like once again in the case of Pesach Orel is found explicitly with Toshav Esochir so too in Truma where where Orel doesn't appear explicitly but Toysev and, and Socher do appear so it, as a result of the Gezei Roshava it is understood that Orel is also forbidden in Truma Rabbi Akiva Oimer Rabbi Akiva says you don't need that Gezei Roshava Harei Hu Omer it says in the case of Truma itself a double expression Ish Ish Lerabois Heorel the double expression tells me that all kinds of kohanim ishish, but if we look in Rashi, you'll see it a little more clearly. Rashi says ishish mizera alon v'utzor ozov l'rabos orel ketome. An orel is considered like a tome. Eitzel achilas truma. When it comes to the eating of truma, the Bahai kro Rashi says truma ksiv tichtiv uvo hashemesh v'toy v'achar yochal min akolashim says and when the sun sets and then he becomes purified he can then eat from that which is sanctified by the fact that the Torah uh, mentions the setting of the sun even though the word truma you don't see so explicitly you see the word kodashim the sanctified items but Rashi's pointing out that you shouldn't think that that's a reference to sacrificial consumption because a person who was let's say defiled and 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 uh, then immerses himself in a mikveh does not achieve full purification until the next day uh, that's that, that's a, a very a rather broad topic but for our purposes now we'll just say that uh, Rashi pointing out that we know it's referring to Truma because all the Torah requires is the setting of the sun after the mikveh immersion so the Posuk is telling us by the double expression Ish Ish is coming to include another category like Tuma and that is Aurel before we go further we have a structural note on the side the Mivneh you see a bow tie featured and we mentioned Mu'ad this is designed Le Kasher Ha Demuva Le Kamon Adaf Ayin Aleph Amin Aleph that which we'll see on Ayin Aleph Amin Aleph which is a little way off to this point Bishnei HaMakoros HaGemar Masbiro Shitas HaTanoim Rebelozer Rabbi Akiva 
in these two sources, the Gemara will be dealing with the opinions of Rebbe Lozer and the Chachamim. And the uh, if you have the if you have the Daf Ayin Aleph Amun Aleph in front of you, if you have access to it, so you might want to note that on the upper uh, quarter of the page, the Gemara is quoting their Rabbi Akiva from our Tanaic source that we just read. So the Gemara will deal first with Rabbi Elazar at, at uh, some length, and then get to Rabbi Akiva there on Daf Ayin Aleph Amun Aleph. So Omar Mar, a quote from that which we just read, Rablozer Omer Neamar Toshiv Vesokir Bepesach, the Neamar Toshiv Vesokir Betruma. The same expression, Toshiv and Vesokir appear in both topics. Ma Toshiv Vesokir Bepesach Oralozer, both just like in the case of Pesach, where the term Toshiv and Sokir appear, we know that an uncircumcised person is forbidden from a Korban Pesach. Af Toshiv Vesokir Omer Betruma Oralozer, both. So too, by Truma, it is self understood. Because you see the same expression, Toshav and Sachir, so Orel is also prohibited in Truma. The Gemara in, makes, an, uh, makes a comment which is characteristic of Gezerah Shabbos. There are several rules that govern this idea of a word comparison. For a word comparison to be truly effective and, uh, and uh, say, impervious to challenge, this is true if the expressions are truly extra. So that uh, if you find that the expressions that are used to make the Xerashava are actually necessary to be written for, we'll say, um, obvious reasons or for simplistic reasons or for inherent reasons, inherent to that given topic. So you can challenge the Xerashava with a, if you have a point of logic that can be raised. However, if the expressions are are called free, are available because they're not telling me something new, so that makes the Xerashava all the stronger. That might sound a little abstract. Let's try to put things into practice. So Rebelozer mentioned to us that Toshev and Socher appear in these two topics, Pesach and Truma. And we said just like by Toshev and Socher by Pesach, the Orel is Osir, so too Toshev and Socher by Truma means the, it implies the Orel is Osir. And the Gemara says Mufne. Mufne means extra or available. Di lav Mufne, if the expression Toshev and Socher was not available, Ika lemifrach, you could challenge the logic, or you can challenge the comparison through logic. We're not using logic when you make gzereshava, but the the uh, antithesis of a of an effective gzereshava, the undoing, I should say, of a of a of, a, of an accurate, of a powerful, an effective gzereshava would be a challenge to the logic. Or, or, or a sorry, let's correct ourselves. A challenge through logic to the comparison. What possible challenge could you raise here? Ma lepesach shekain chayovin olav mishum pigol v'noiser v'tomei. Pesach has additional um, points of of severity attached to it. Pesach is a sacrifice, so it can become subject to these other disqualifying factors. We're not going to get into the details, we're not going to explain them, it's not important for right now, but just realize that Pigol, Nosar, and Tome are problems that can affect a Korban, uh, primarily Pigol and Nosar, these are things that can affect the Korban, which these issues would not affect Truma. So, uh, being that Pesach has these additional points of stringency attached to it, I can understand that an Orel would also be prohibited in the realm of eating a Korban Pesach. It's not so by Truma. Truma doesn't have Pigul and Nosar to it. Uh, the the uh, presence here of Tuma, I should point out, Rashi adds <clears throat> that a person that we eat a sacrifice in a state of a bodily defilement, which we call Tumasaguf, he would be subject to the Kores punishment. The Kores punishment is not present in one who violates the rules of Truma. 
So Gemara continues, lie, mufne, lie, you might say, ironically for the English-speaking uh, people that we are, lie really means truth. It means in truth. Afnuye mufne. The Toshev Sochir expression is extra. It, in other words, the Torah didn't have to write it. It wrote it to key me in to compare uh, Pesach to Truma. The Gemara asks, hey, mufne, which words on the uh, 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 in this equation of the Pesach Truma comparison? Which words are extra, are available? In the Truma Mitzrach if the Toshev and Socher expression in the context of Truma is supposedly extra, it's not. It is necessary to teach me about the topic of Truma itself. It's not an extra expression. The brackets that we have here make it easier to maintain the, the logical flow. If you skip the three lines from the bottom, Elo de Pesach Mufni. The Toshev and Socher expression they find by Pesach is extra. And the Gemara will go on to uh, elaborate on that. Before we get to that point, we go over the bracketed section. We have a starred note on the side. Sagraim l'shem. These brackets are for skipping, as we just demonstrated. L'hokel akriya to make the reading, the flow of the reading easier. B'seicha sagraim mufo mokor b'inyin truma shemisham royem detoyshe v'socher mitzrach tzrichi. We'll bring a Tanaic source and show how the terms Toshev and Sochir are actually necessary in the case of Truma. Now, having said all of this, Toshev and Sochir have to do, as we will see in the source, with workers, uh, sometimes referred to as slaves, but they're Jewish slaves that are in servitude of a Kohen. We know that a Kohen who acquires a, a uh, heathen servant uh, that heathen servant is entitled to eat of truma, not and and you 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 might say that's a a function of the kohen owning him lock stock and barrel. We call that a kinyan haguf in Talmudic language. When it comes to a Jewish servant, the level of ownership is not as significant. One uh, interesting uh, point of difference you could see how that mani- how that manifests itself in halachic terms is that when one let us say were to release from servitude a heathen servant he would have to write the equivalent of a divorce document we call that a get shikhur a divorce a freedom divorce where there's a separation uh, through a document similar to that of a divorcing a wife the bond is very intimate if you will the Evan Ivri, the, the Jewish servant, doesn't reach that level of bonding, of connection. And you might say as a result of that, the servant, uh, the Jewish servant of a Kohen, does not take on or acquire uh, Truma rights, because he's not really that much a part of the Kohen. When we speak about Jewish servants, and we'll see this in our source very shortly, there are two kinds. There's the, the standard, or the, the basic six-year servant, where a uh, Jew can sell himself into servitude for a period of six years, and on the seventh year of his work, he goes free. There's a, another situation which uh, we call a Jewish servant that, that's a, that is, works for you, la'oilam. La'oilam technically means permanently, but it really means la'oilam is he works until the jubilee year. When the Jubilee year comes, so the Korosim Dror, the uh, freedom is proclaimed, and the all Jewish servants go free. It might be known to many of you that the Jewish servant who elects to remain beyond the six years, the Torah makes reference to a ceremony whereby his ear is bored. And uh, that, that indicates that he's to, he, re, he remains enslaved in the according to the Torah's parameters until the Jubilee year, until the Yovel year. Nevertheless, these people are referred to in the Torah by the terms Toishov and Sochir. They do not partake of Truma.
we're going to see some logic in the bracketed section that sounds something like this. Do I really need the Torah to tell me that a six-year man and a jubilee man are prohibited from truma consumption when they're working by a kaid? If I were to tell you that the fellow who works till the jubilee year, who's really bound up with the kaid, he's got his ear bored, and, he, and, he, and nevertheless, he he doesn't partake of truma. The guy who's there just for six years is quite quite temporary, relatively speaking. He's, not, he's really not part of the Cohen family. He he certainly would not partake of truma. Why does the Torah spell out both characters, both individuals, when it would have seemingly been enough to tell me the guy who works till the Jubilee doesn't eat truma, so certainly the guy who's there on a more temporary basis is not going to eat from truma. So we have to explain why the Torah does say both. Desanya, Toishav, the word Toshav means Zekonui Kinyan Olam. Kinyan Olam means for permanent uh, uh, possession. That means permanence only insofar as up till, up till the Yovel year. But for our purposes, it means a long term servitude. Sochir, Zekonui Kinyan Shanim. The Sochir is a reference to someone who has been acquired just for six years. The Yomar Toshav al Yomar Sochir. Let the Torah write that the Toshav does not partake of truma, making it really unnecessary for the Torah to, to tell me about the Sochir who's, going to, who's working just six years and I would figure on my own a fellow who has been purchased <coughs> acquired for uh, forever till Yovel does not eat the guy who's there who's just for six years certainly is not going to eat from truma. So why does the Torah, after writing the word Toshav, have to write Sochir? It would seem to be obvious that he would not be partaking of Truma. So we answer, Ilu Kain Hoyisiyomer. Had the Torah written just the word Toshav, and not the word Sochir, I would have said, Toshav Zekanoi See, the word itself doesn't have the, the definition of the time definition built into it. It just says Toshav. So I would have thought, Toshav, that's a guy who the coin acquired for six years. But a servant who remains by the Kayan till the Jubilee year, he would be he's he's really part of the Kohen family. He would be able to eat Truah. So the Torah writes another word. It writes the Sochir word. So the, and the, the Sochir, is, we're told, doesn't eat from Truma either. So Sochir comes and teaches me about Toshav. Even though he's there working to, for you, the Kohen, forever. Namely, not only does the, does the six-year guy not eat, but even the guy who's there till the Ovel. So what we have shown is that you need to have both words written in the case of the truma. So you can't describe Toshim and Sochir in our Gezerah uh, Shava equation. You can't describe Toshim and Sochir as being extra words. You need the Torah to spell out both. Elo de Pesach Mufni. The terms Toshim and Sochir are extra ha, in the case of Pesach and we saw in the uh, Chumash uh, we had quoted on the side of our Gemara before Toisha V'Sochir in the, in the case of the Korban Pesach uh, it said Toisha V'Sochir Lo Yochal Bo so hi Toisha V'Sochir Rachmona B'Pesach Who who are Toisha V'Sochir over there and here's uh, something that could be very tricky if you didn't have the oral law. Up till now, we described Toshiv and Socher as Jewish servants working for another Jew. Can that possibly be the explanation of those words, the same words, by Pesach? Mamish. Mamish means literal, and literal would mean Jews that are working either for six years or having their ears bored. And the Torah says that Toshiv and Socher shall not eat of the Korban Pesach. That's impossible. 
and you have to read this now with exclamation just because someone is a is in, is working for another one Jew is working for another Jew he should be exempted from the Pesach here be careful with the, here the logic is it's, it's simple but it's tricky <laughs> by the truma we said that the toishiv and sochir does not eat from the truma what does that show you about the toishiv and sochir by the truma it shows you that he is an independent individual he's a he's not a kohen he's not part and parcel of the kohen family alma we continue at the top of daf of daf ayinomit base we see from this lo koni le rabe that the the Toshav and Sochir Mamish are people that are not acquired lock, stock, and barrel. They might have a work uh, debt indebtedness, but they don't. They're not described as being acquired, owned by the Kohen owner. Hachonami by the Korban Pesach, the uh, Toshav Sochir Mamish, the literal. The definition of Tosh Socher, meaning the, the, the simple definition, meaning a Jewish servant, Lo Koni Le Rabbe, he wouldn't be owned by the, uh, in the case of Korban Pesach, likewise, the Jewish servant is not owned by the master. He's a full fledged Jew. So you can't say that Toshiv and Sochir by the Korban Pesach <coughs> is a it, it means a Jewish servant just like it meant over there by the by Truma Elo Lafnuye so the use of those words Toshiv and Sochir by the Korban Pesach are stuck in there by the divine power that created the Torah it's stuck in there to key me in to this Gezer Shava that you should compare Pesach to Truma. And just like by Pesach, the Orel is prohibited, as it says explicitly, so too the Orel is prohibited from eating Truma. But still, the equation is, uh, the Gzereshava equation that we made is open, is available for being concluded on one side of the equation. We are currently working to explain the source featuring Rebbe Eliezer. He is the one that made this Gezer Shava Teshuvah Sochir. There's one problem. V'shamino lay le Rebbe Eliezer, we know Rebbe Eliezer to hold the Omar Mufne Mitzad Echod Lemeidin Umeshivin. A Gezer Shavah that is open or available only on one side of the equation in this case it's available in the realm of Pesach we said that you need to have Toshev and Socher spelled out in the case of Truma so you can attempt to make the Gzera Shava but it is subject to rebuttal that's Meshivan to answer, to respond, to question and in this case there is room for questioning we said that you that logically the two topics really cannot be compared. The Orel is found to be usher in the Korban Pesach because Korban Pesach has additional stringencies. So we're back to where we started. We don't have a solid, reliable Gezer Shava. The Gemara answers, Kevon de Legufe Lo since the terms Toshev and Sochir, the two words, Toshev and Sochir, that are written by the Korban Pesach are unnecessary. In other words, it those words just can't mean what, what they usually mean. We said that the, the, the Toshim Zohar, a Jewish slave, a Jewish servant, he's obligated in eating a Korban Pesach. How can you say that Toshim Zohar lo yuchabo means what it is? Therefore, it's for Xerah Shava, but there are two words. And since the words are not necessary, Ligufe, for the topic of Korban Pesach itself, Shodi Chad Alomeid Shodi means you you send it you in this case we say you 
you uh, uh, associate one of the two words with the lomade. The lomade is the product, the product of our investigation, namely truma. I'm trying to derive, we'll call truma is the unknown. That's the lomade, the thing, the item being derived. So one of the words will be, one of the two words, Toshev and Socher, that you find by Pesach will be associated with Truma, and the other will remain by Pesach. That's Vishodichan Amilamed, the source that has the information, the known, in this case, Pesach is the known <laughs> concerning Orel. So I've, what I've done here through the power of the oral tradition, and now we have a Gzereshava that's free on both sides of the equation. This uh, biblical, uh, what's it, this exhibition of biblical gymnastics is something that, uh, that uh, we, each one of us that sit and open up a Torah text, whether it be uh, in any, any Torah text and attempt to do these on our own because it just, we just feel like doing it, forget it. It's, these are all based on oral traditions. We call halacha lamoshim misinai, traditions that have been passed down and they're recorded in the Talmud. On, on one's own, one does not engage in this type of study. In other words, I say on one's own, one doesn't invent these things on his own when he simply opens up different passages in the Chumash and says, I feel like comparing the same words in two different topics. In this case, you see an additional level of intricacy by two words in one topic being split apart from one another, cut and paste using uh, some contemporary jargon. On the side of the Gemara, we have a mivne, a structural note. The diamond introduces im loimdim truma mi pesach If we are going to derive truma from pesach regarding the disqualification of someone who is uncircumcised, haim Should we compare truma to pesach regarding other matters? So let's see. Continuing in the Gemara with a question: Pesach If by the Karm Pesach we know that an Onain, an Onain is an individual who suffered, who just suffered a bereavement of one of his close relatives. He has the, the individual, the deceased, hasn't been buried yet. During that time, that uh, point of in time between. Uh, demise and burial the close relatives are called oinanim a person who is an onain cannot is disqualified from the korban pesach from eating the korban pesach Rashi gives the source for that not important for us right now but the pesach we know is prohibited to an onain are you going to say af truma oinain asur ba a Kohen who just suffered a, the bereavement of a close relative, is he to uh, cease from truma consumption? Not true. So you see that we're we're not comparing true, we're not comparing the topic of truma to the topic of Pesach fully. Omar Rabbi Yosef Chanina, Omar Kra, the Chol Zar, the pasuk in reference to truma, it says. Call Zar. Zar is a reference to someone who's a non Kohen. Zorus Amartiloch Velo Aninus. As a disqualifying factor for Truma, the Torah in fact limits the disqualifying to the realm of Zorus, not to the realm of Aninus. The Aninus is a reference to the Kohen himself, who's an Onain. Who is prohibited from Truma? A non Kohen. A Kohen is not disqualified. So therefore, even if he's an Onain, he's entitled to eat Truma. Question. The Pasuk, that by the way, reads on the side, on the side of the Gemara, Who is to say, then, that when we uh, read this expression with this limitation in mind, that Zoros is restricted, but Aninus is not restricted, maybe... Zoros is restricted and Arlus is not restricted. And let an Aureli from Truma, contrary to what we said in the opening 
of our shiur today. The Gemara says, response, you can't say that Arlus, that an Oriel is allowed to eat from Truma. We have the Gzera Shavuot from Pesach to Truma telling me that an Oriel is Aser. The Gemara asks, Uma Rois, what is it that you see to choose to disqualify the Oriel and allow the Onain in Truma eating? Once you're comparing the topics Pesach to Truma and you have the basis of a comparison let's compare Truma to Pesach regarding Aninus why is it that you're saying it's specifically Arlus that is the point of comparison the more answers Mistabra Arlus it's most likely that Arlus is a is the disqualifying factor that we will learn from Pesach and not Aninus. And the more will now point out five uh, unique points uh, that are characteristic of Arlus putting it at a say a level of severity beyond Aninus. The Gemara in a few lines from now might scan ahead. You see, there's a squiggle line Adarabo and another dashed underline expression. There, the Gemara will will flip things around and say. Well, I can argue in the favor of Aninus to be a disqualifying factor for Truma. And it'll give you points of uniqueness to Aninus. So first, we deal with Arlus. So Gemara says, Mistabra Arlus Hava Le Lirbuye. It's most likely that Arlus is to be included in a, as a disqualifying factor. Chicane, and you have in parentheses, uh, we'll say key words that are really the types of memory devices and this will become clear as we just as we go, on, go on in the Gemara number one an RL is a severe problem it's uh, an action that is lacking namely the cutting of the foreskin the circumcision so he's, he's severely deficient he's missing a miser. He's lacking the act of circumcision in his body. And we mentioned body, umaisa begufo. It's something that's body related. It's, it has a greater level of intensity in that sense. The onush kores, one who goes through life uh, without tending to his circumcision, is subjecting himself to dying young. You know, he's cut off early. That's kores, the kores punishment. The yeshno, it also occupies the unique position of being one of those very few uh, commandments, mitzvos, that were given before the giving of the Torah. That's Lefnei Hadibor. Circumcision dates back to the time of Avram Avinu. And number five, Umilas Zechorov Ma'kebes. If a person wants to partake, let us say, of a Korban Pesach, and he has children or, or, or uh, servants in his household that have not cir- been circumcised, then the owner, the father, cannot eat of the Korban Pesach. So that, the, that Arlus extends beyond the person himself. Five unique, stringent, significant factors that, that make it logical to compare Truma to Korban Pesach with regard to Arlus and uh, not with regard to Aninus whereby whereas in, in Pesach the Onain is prohibited from the Korban Pesach in Truma the Onain is allowed to eat Truma Adirabah, well to the contrary Aninus if you want to include as a um, disqualifying factor by Truma as derived from Pesach I would elect to refer that comparison to Aninus Shekane Yeshna Bechol Shah as opposed to Mila which is a one time uh, of event one time action uh, Aninus unfortunately can befall a person at any time is something that's unlike 
Arlus, this affects men and women across the boards, making it a more significant, more stringent issue, something, let's say, more worthy of being a disqualifying factor. It's not something that's in his power to rectify, to improve, to change, as opposed to Mila, which is something in your power to care about, to care for. So, why is it that we learn Truma from Pesach only with regard to Arlus and not with regard to Aninus, when, as we just said, reasons to compare Truma to Pesach with regard to Aninus and not with regard to Arlus? So the Gemara answers, Hanoch Nefishon. Answer number one. You'll, you see that, that Arlus has five unique points as opposed to the three points that you found by Aninus. Number two, Rava Omar, Beloi Hanach Nefishon, even without that consideration of, uh, of Arlus having more unique points uh, of, of stringency to it, Nami lo motzis amris shavkinon arlus dechtiv begufei de pesach ve'afinan aninus mi pesach de pesach gufei mi meiser gamrinon. Now that was a long sentence we just read, and before when we introduced the korban pesach as being pro- pro- prohibited in aninus, we said there's a source for it, and we didn't explain what that source was. But now we have to pause and explain what that source is. You'll notice Rashi, in a very brief uh, fashion, reveals to us just a couple lines below this. Rashi says, "Ma Pesach Oinein." We said an Oinein v'chulei, etc., means that that Pesach the everyone anyone is an Oinein is also in it. So we suggested we 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 should say the same by Truma. Now, how do you know the Pesach has this Oinein restriction? The Alfinon Rashi says, "Lekulhu kotshim." We learn all sacrifices, the Kor Pesach being one of them. Kalvachomer mi Meiser. There's a a, a logical Kalvachomer approach that we make, that we do, we employ from Meiser. Meiser Shani. That is a tithe that people bring uh, on several of the of the years of the sabbatical cycle. We know regarding the, the Meiser tithe, the Pesach says, Lo'achalti ba'oini mimenu. I did not consume Meiser Shani while I was an Oine. And Meiser Shani, relative to sacrifices, is a lower level issue, lower level example of sanctity. And yet we know that the Meiser Shani is prohibited to an Oine. Kalvachomer, all the more so, Sacrifices will be are prohibited to an onain. So, what's the source of an onain's restriction from a korban pesach? Is it is it something that's written in the topic of the pesach itself? No, it is derived from another source, from an outside source. We have an issue right now of kachim of a pesach being the basis of something by Truma. So I want to learn from Kochim to Truma, but what? Should I learn Aninus? Or should I learn Arlus? So the Gemara told us, and we'll read this, we'll, re- we'll have to read this line again, but the, the, the uh, Gemara told us that though we know by the Pesach both are Osir an Onain and an Orel I, I know that Pesach is going to teach me concerning Truma what should Pesach for which one of these two should Pesach be the source so the Gemara tells us that Pesach should be the source of that which is written in or written explicitly in the topic of Pesach, as opposed to something that it's that information itself that was extraneous or imported to Pesach from another source. Being that Aninus is something not written by Pesach itself, it's kind of 
it's a, a weaker type topic in the uh, eyes of Rava. So now let's go over this again, but in the Gemara's words. Rava says, below Hanach Nefishon, even without this consideration of more elements that you find by Arlus over Aninus, we still will opt to learn Arlus from Pesach to Truma. Below Hanach Nefishon, Nami Lomotzis Amris, you can't say, Shavkinun Arlus, let us abandon Arlus. Dixiv Begufe de Pesach, which is written inherently or explicitly in the topic of Pesach, the Alfinon Aninus, and then go and derive Aninus Mi Pesach from Pesach to Truma, the Pesach Gufe Mi Meister Gamrinon. The Pesach itself is derived from, uh, from the topic of Meister Shani. We continue with a new question. We said that we're going to learn Truma from Pesach. How far do we go with this comparison? We said earlier that uh, a person who owns heathen slaves or has his own male children that are uncircumcised, that restricts the father or the owner himself from eating the Pesach. Are we going to say the same thing by a Kohen who has, uh, let's say, an uncircumcised son or slaves that the owner cannot eat truma? Omar Kra, the Pesach says, no. Omalta Oisoy Oz Yoichal Boy. That's a posuk, and that posuk is by the korban pesach, and there is a limitation expression in this posuk. Milas zechorav avodov nakeves boy milechol bepesach. The word bo that we had dashed underlined, as we said, is a limitation expression, meaning only in it, in the korban pesach, do we say that the circumcision of one's uh, members of household are a restrictive factor. The ain milas is a as opposed to truma consumption, the male members of his household do not who are uncircumcised do not pose a restriction. The Gemara if Bo is something that you are focusing on, Amo so say the following this uh, is a posse written by the Korban Pesach. It says, Kol Orel Loi Yoichal Boi. And then conclude, Boi Einu Ochel. In the Pesach, the Orel is restricted. Avol Ochel Hu Betruma. But he, he, the Orel, could eat Truma, contrary, of course, to what we've said all along. So the Gemara responds and says that to suggest that the Orel should be allowed to eat Truma based on the bow limitation but on the other hand we have Toshev Esochir we have this Toshev Esochir Gezer Shava that teaches me that the Orel is also in eating Truma so on the one hand you have Boi Bo could have led me to conclude that the Orel should be allowed to eat Truma on the other hand you have Toshev Esochir that says no what is it that you see fit to uh, to conclude uh, the conclusion that we made that we have made so far? What is the conclusion we have made so far to say that an orel is in fact Osir in truma, and that was derived from Toshif and Sochir, and to say that milas. Uh, that, that when it comes to Mila Zahorvavodov, that is not a limitation factor by Truma. And that is limited only to the Korban Pesach. So, what is it? What do you see that you, it's kind of like pick and choose? The limitation that applies to Mila Zahorvavodov. The inclusion through the Xeroshava that applies to oneself being uncircumcised. Some more answers. Mistabra, Arlis de Gufe Havelilibuye. 
it's most likely that when it comes to your own un- lack of circumcision, that that is a disqualifying factor in truma, that we should include it as a restrictive factor, uh, like we find by Pesach Shekane, Maisebegufo, the Onish Kores. First of all, as we saw above, it's something that you do in your own body, making it just a bit more severe than anything else. And also it carries with it a kores penalty. As opposed to a, let's say, a person that owns slaves who didn't bother circumcising his son, so as a father he acted improperly, but the father isn't subject to kores. That's the, the person himself that didn't, didn't that, uh, that becomes an adult and doesn't circumcise himself. So Arlis de Gufe is something that is more restrictive. As we just said, it's a Maise de Gufo, it's something you do in your own body, and it carries with it a Kores penalty. Well, Adaraba, I can argue to the contrary. Mila The circumcision of one's sons and slaves should be a limiting factor for one's eating of truma, that that's what I should compare or derive from Pesach. Why? Because it's something that's yeshna b'choshot, could be at any time. As far as one's own circumcision is concerned, that's a one-time event. You, one cuts off his foreskin and he's done with it. However, at any time a person might have children, at any time a person might buy a heathen servant, so that would be a, uh, a, a, a we'll call it a, a factor of stringency. It's, it's something that's applicable all the time. The Gemara says, Hanoch nefishin. You'll notice that there are more points of emphasis or of stringency that you find by Arlus Gufe, Arlus de Gufe, one's own lack of circumcision as in favor of it being a restrictive factor. So you find more considerations. And we have find two verses one. The Iboyasema, another approach the Gemara says is below Hanach Nafishanami Lomotsis Even without the numerical consideration, the fact that there are two points in favor of Arles de Gufe, I still would have opted for Arles de Gufe as being the restrictive factor derived from Truma. Mi Iko Midi, could there be anything? Da'arlis de Gufe, Loma Can you imagine, again, here's something logical, that you yourself are uncircumcised, and that would be a, a non restrictive factor. We would say, that's okay. And Arlis Dachrini but But the fact that your children or your slaves are not circumcised, that would be a restrictive factor. As we, as logic says, first you got to take care of yourself before worrying about others. So even on a logical basis, if I have to choose one over the other as being a restrictive factor, I'm going to choose one's own lack of circumcision as opposed to the lack of servants or sons have, having been circumcised. Hashto the Amr's boy the also now that we've demonstrated. Uh, that the word boy, when you have an arrow to the immediate right hand side of the Mora text, you can see where we saw this above. So we see that when the Torah uses the word bow, there is something that's being limited or excluded. So we ask, what do you do with the word bow in two more cases? And you see, we have a double underline, and on the side of the Gemara, under the Mivne heading, these are Oid Droshos Al Ma Bo Ben Lemai. What does the word that is? What does the word Bo Ama Bo Boi Lemai? The Gemara. Bottom line: Kol Ben Nechor Lo Yochal Bo. This is by the Korban Pesach. It says, "All anyone who's a Ben Nechor shall not consume it." The term Ben Nechor is uh, assumed to mean someone who is an apostate, someone who is a heretic. So we say, boy, Bo is by the Korban Pesach. Once again, this is a, a Pesach by the Pesach. So we say, in the case of the Korban Pesach, boy Hamoras Das Poselas. If someone is a heretic, he is not to partake of the Korban Pesach. Vein Hamoras Das Poselas Bemeiser. When it comes to uh, the eating of Meiser Shani, 
that someone might be a heretic, but that doesn't mean that he cannot eat of the miser tithe. Another question, here's a puzzle we saw very recently. What do I derive from this puzzle? From the word bo. We explain, The uncircumcised is restricted from eating the meat of the paschal lamb, of the Korban Pesach. But he is not excluded from partaking of the Matzin Moror. Matzin Moror are part and parcel of the Korban Pesach in the time of the Beis Hamikdash. The Pesach says, Al Matzus Umrorim Yochluhu. Together with the Korban Pesach, one eats Matzin Moror. And here the Halacha is, is making a split within that Pesach. Namely, that the Orel is restricted only from the Korban Pesach meat. He's not restricted from the accompanying Matzin Moror. We just saw there are two types of people that are restricted from a Korban Pesach. One is someone who is a heretic, and the other is someone who is uncircumcised. Could it not have been possible for the Torah to write just one? And I figure the other one is just like it. That just like the Orel shall not eat from the Korban Pesach to a heretic should not eat or vice versa why does the Torah spell out both so our Gemara tells us the Torah needs to spell out both otherwise I would have come to a to an erroneous conclusion and you see we squiggle on the line this expression but to emphasize how both are and as each one is necessary <clears throat> had the Torah written just Orel as being disqualified from the Pesamishum Demois now this is a, a term we can give a literal definition but it's something that requires uh, further analysis and, and certainly a, a, a certain uh, heightened level of sensitivity the word Mois means disgusting a, a Jewish male that still has the foreskin on his body that is considered disgusting Mois would have to associate with something that has I guess at least in this context some element of physicality Avol Ben Nechar someone who is a heretic now as, as reprehensible and as how unforgiving it is to be a heretic one thing is we can't describe that as moist, as something that's disgusting. It maybe it has to do with something that you can you can see. Simply, it's something objective. You you can see it. You see the term moist. If I'm not mistaken, I'm saying this by memory. You might find this also in the case of idolatry. Whereas something that's purely a state of mind, which is something that is characteristic of a heretic there's nothing physical there's no physicality to that it's something it's a mere state of mind so we cannot describe that by using the word mos so had the Torah written just Orel I would say that is a disqualifying factor from the Korban Pesach because it's mos a heretic that we can't describe as mos maybe he's not disqualified from eating the Korban Pesach. And had the Torah said that a Ben Nechor is disqualified and not having written Orel, I would say, because his heart is not heavenwards. The Orels we described at the beginning of the Perak, today's Shir, the Orel is someone whose brothers died. It's a life threatening issue right now for this fellow. Fellows, a totally righteous individual he can't circumcise himself because it would be life threatening so as far as his heart is concerned his mind <coughs> he is his mind is is of uh, pure thought he's, he has divine thoughts on his mind he's not disconnected from uh, from the almighty so aim alone maybe he should not be disqualified therefore it was necessary for the Torah to write that the Orel nevertheless is disqualified from the Korban Pesach we have more other limitation expressions by the Korban Pesach 
And Rashi if, uh, says on the fourth line from the top, Mimenu, the Pusik says, Al Tochlu Mimenu no. Kevin Yamar's bo in it. It is a limitation expression, it and not something else. Mimenu, uh, the word Mimenu also means from it. Is Nami Lamuti Mashma is also a limitation expression. And you find in the context of the Korban Pesach the word Mimenu several times. So the Gemara is asking Mimenu, Mimenu, Lomali. What am I to derive from, the, from these limitation expressions? The Gemara answers, I need it for that which Rabbah says in the name of Rabbi Yitzhak. Now, the Gemara here doesn't elaborate. This is something that will be discussed later on Daf Ayin Dalit. In Rashi says, There are three times the word Mimenu appears by the case of Korm Pesach, and there later on the Gemara will elaborate. As you can see, we have a second uh, uh, bow tie. This is base. The Here the Gemara, as we mentioned at the very beginning, here the Gemara will be relating to the opinion of Rabbi Akiva that was featured in the source that which, which opened up today's parak that the uh, source for Orel being Osir is from the double expression of Ish Ish. Samir so Tzashem, in our next year, we'll get into that. 